Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and I'm excited for this week's show because we're doing another one of our themed episodes, and I'm joined by my good friend, Christina Alexanderson. Christina, how are you doing today? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm kind of always feeling, oh, should I respond to that? Yeah, I'm fine. I have a broken arm, so I haven't done that much photography, but I'm doing better. I'm kind of getting moving <laughs> again. <laughs> feeling yeah, better. that's good. We talked about it earlier and how embarrassed I felt uh, about falling and kind of broke my arm. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I'm glad to hear you're okay, though. And yeah, yeah, as we were kind of talking about before we started recording, it's one of those things you don't realize how much you need something until you can't use it anymore. And I'm yeah. sure an arm is one of those things that you just, it, it must be really difficult to adjust. Yeah, when I did the image for today's episode, I kind of sat in the sandbox outdoor and I had trouble to get out of the sandbox because Hmm. I had only one arm to actually get out of it. (laughs) Oh, so you did this with uh, one arm, your your photo for today. Yeah, I I did. How are you? (laughs) Um, I'm doing well. It was uh, a a big week, but um, I'm doing well and have been doing a lot of photography. I'm still working on a a project that'll be my deadline is like this weekend. So I was up late last night trying to get a bunch of photos taken for that and um, was having a lot of fun with that actually. So, um, so yeah, things have been good. Uh, And I'm excited to talk about today's episode. Recreating a photograph is something that I've liked doing for a while. It's something that I notice a lot of other people like doing. So I'm excited to talk about not only our experience with it, but some of the hardships that come with recreating an image and the different ways you can go about it and stuff. So, so yeah, this is going to be a really interesting topic. Do you usually do paraphrases as recreating other photographers' work? For me, that's, I usually do it when I'm kind of in workshops I, it's an ordinary workshop exercise you get this do a paraphrase of a photographer that you like mm-hmm. um, and um, I have done it several times on works workshops but I usually don't do it in my own photography I don't at least not uh, consciously I don't think mm. that I'm going to remake that image I, I kind of use other images as inspiration but I don't do paraphrases per se do you i have done it in the past um i feel like paraphrase is a really good word for it actually because recreating an image or or remaking an image the first thing i think is trying to get it exactly right or or completely duplicating the work or something and i've done that before especially with like movie scenes or something if i want to recreate a movie scene through toys Um, but i find that those images don't stick with me as long or they don't they don't stand out to me. Like once I take them and I, I get them out of my system, I you, a lot of times I won't even post them or something just because the, the image doesn't speak to me very much after I've taken it. And I think that's because when I'm doing that, I'm just recreating the exact image or, or a copy of, of the thing that I really liked, mm-hmm. which, which can be fun. Like it's a fun exercise, but I feel like in order for it to be a successful photograph, it should do something like paraphrase the image or, or you should add your own spin to it or something. So that's something over time I've, tri- I've learned is to not just recreate the photo or remake the photo, but put my own spin on it. And so, yeah, I like the word paraphrase. That's a great way to, to describe yeah. it. Because I, th- I think, um, at least from, from my point of view, when I try to recreate someone else's work, it always ends up with me kind of adding something of myself into the image because it is my image. And even though I love the, the image that I were trying to recreate, I kind of want to put my own edge. I, I can't really pretend that I, I can recreate other people's images because I can't. I always seem to end up doing an image that is me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. I mean, yeah, it, it makes me think of like uh, right now Disney's doing all those live action remakes of their classic animated films, right? And part of the big criticism I've heard is that pretty much those are like carbon copies of the animated films it's just in live action and they're not really adding more story to them or putting a new spin on the properties or anything like that they're just kind of rehashing the old material and not to say that when photographers are doing this they're rehashing or anything like that I I think some people have done amazing recreations of other people's work but I find that 
at least at least in terms of movies or something like that when you're remaking something and to put your own spin on it i feel like that's more creatively satisfying or or interesting yeah but recreating and and actually doing an exact copy is also a skill so that is a skill yes. that i wish sometimes i could have that i could actually just pretend to be someone else and actually put myself so far back that my own creativity or my own need to put something of myself into the image kind of just went down and then pretended it wasn't part of it but but it always ends up with that I don't I don't have the skills I don't have the skills to do exact copies even though I I've tried many times. What kind of work have you tried recreating? I've tried recreating portraits. I've tried recreating toy photography. I tried recreating other people's kind of line or the 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 humor in other people's images. I've tried to be funny in a way. I like other people that are funny, but it always ends up with me kind of feeling this isn't me I have Hmm. to do it this way because that's me (laughs) right yeah I think I've done that before too especially when I was first starting out in toy photography I did a lot of just emulating other people's work and and really trying to to just mimic the the art that I liked because that's the kind of art I wanted to make you know and and I'm not trying to talk down about people that do do this or or have done this because I think it's a very important exercise and a good exercise to try to do as you said it's a it's a workshop technique I think um, you can actually learn a lot from recreating other people's work and and trying to capture some of the things that they're doing and and maybe it's one of those things you really like what someone is doing so you want to try it for yourself and then once you do you realize oh that's not really my style or it doesn't really fit with what I'm trying to accomplish so yeah I think that's interesting um why do you think we're kind we're compelled to recreate work that we like I've often wondered this about again like films like I think of like Peter Jackson remaking King Kong he's always said that the original King Kong was his favorite movie and so then in 2005 he remakes King Kong and part of me has always been like well if you love the first one why why don't you just enjoy the, the the original why do you have to recreate it for yourself and then as I've become an artist myself I I understand that drive a little bit more but I'm, I'm very curious what you think why why are we compelled to to do this I think it's I think it's an act of love actually it's kind of contributing to to the the public domain or the public good of the um, stories that we love. I use elements of, from stories or fairy tales, and that is also a, a kind of recreation of a, a another a, a body of work, even though mm-hmm. it isn't paraphrasing. So I think it's an act of love that we kind of tends to to use the things that we really like and we really adore, and we try to recreate them. It's and I think. Another part of this is learning, like you said. We kind of use these techniques to learn how other people's are techniques and how they actually expose images. And recreating another person's image is a way of looking at at the image as well. Because to be able to actually recreate an image, even though it isn't a fully copy, is to be a... You have to look at the work. You actually mm-hmm. have to look at it and see what is this photographer doing? How is he using his technique? Has he full focus? He's working with shadows, grayscales, uh, and so on. So, so we really have to look at the work. And I think in our society with the internet, we kind of just consume images we don't look at images Mm -hmm. we don't actually take time to actually make them come to life and we have to do that when we do exercises like these yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more you you said it perfectly and I I definitely think it is a, a labor of love and one perfect example of this idea is what Anna uh, Forbricks Tall has been doing with um, Brick Central and um, her in the style of challenges where she'll actually pick a photographer and really examine their work and write up a blog post talking about the actual you know um, facets of their style and, and how they're doing certain things or why they might be doing certain things and she talks to the original artist and then tries to recreate 
uh, or, you know, make new images, her own images in their own style. And I, I think that's a really a great way to go about it because it does exactly what you're saying is where you're actually looking at the work and examining it and spending time with it and not just, um, you know, taking a, a photo of it yourself, but actually really learning about it and, and studying it. I think that can be a really important part of photography that, that is definitely lost in today's social media world. And the as you said, we're just consuming images. We're not really taking them in. Yeah. And I think we ought to take image more images in. What do we really like? And what in it actually triggers us? Because I think that says something about you as a person. What kind of images do you like? And why do you tend to like those images? And what in that style would can you actually benefit from? And to recreate, recreate those images make you grow as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I love... Um, <laughs> I feel I'm getting off the topic but I love portraits in in when you take a picture of a person in their in environment portraits and environment I really love that I love when people put a person where they work or you can see something around it that, that tells a story who is this person and I would love to do portraits that way and I I haven't I haven't tried to do a paraphrase I actually haven't but but I love looking at those and I love to think that one day I'll be able to do that as well even though I don't practice but when I do portraits I never put the environment in the image I always tend to select and make it minimalistic because that's me (laughs) all Mm -hmm. the mess in my ordinary (laughs) life because I have such a messy life I think it's all so nice to actually lie with the images that I create to pretend that they aren't that messy as my ordinary life Mm. is. So I like the mess when other people show it, but I don't want to show it myself. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those things you can totally appreciate what someone's doing, but not want to do that in your own work, you know, or, or not feel that that would... Uh, work with with what you're doing or or fit into your style or, or whatever the case might be that's definitely true for me well where I'll love either regular photographers or, or toy photographers love the work that they're doing or the kinds of subjects that they're using and I'll think oh that would be really cool but I I either don't have the drive to try that out myself or I just am maybe intimidated to to dive into that and try something new um, but but I definitely know that feeling but didn't you do this? portraits of toys in some I don't remember the style I remember I saw some of the images and I really loved them which were those inspired by someone else's work yes they were it's funny I I it's it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier that I took all those photos and I've never posted them because I didn't feel first for whatever reason I wasn't compelled to post them or 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 have been waiting to finish the series or something, I guess. But um, but yeah, I did a series of portraits inspired by an artist I really like called Mike Mitchell. I almost did a photo of his for today's podcast, actually. Yeah, he's he's a really good uh, like graphic artist. Does a lot of stuff with popular culture, and he does these really great Star Wars portraits that I love. Where it's it's usually just a character from the side, or yeah, looking to the side, and it's just the what what is that called in profile, I guess. Yeah, in profile. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so he he does all these great in profile shots of Star Wars characters, and it's usually just like a plain colored background, and um, and I did a bunch of them. I did like a Darth Vader one, and then K two S O, and a few other droids, and. And I really liked them, but but I never really posted them. I, I should probably do that one of these days or, or bring that project back around. Why why did you shy away? What, what, what made you actually put them in the drawer and kind of letting the dust fall on, on them? That is, uh, that's a dilemma I've been trying to figure out for a while because I, I do that a lot where I, um, I especially I, I'll look at the, the photos I have uploaded online and it's, you know, a few hundred or something. And then I look at my portfolio on my computer and I've got almost a thousand photos where I've just I've taken so many photos that I never post and and I've written about this before and talked about it maybe but um I for some reason I always feel like I need to have the right 
opportunity to post something or the right time or especially on a project like that where there are multiple images I then start stressing out about well once I release one then I've got to start releasing the other ones and what do I say about it and and how can I present them in a way where they're part of this series I, I think I just get in my own head about the scope of the project or the longevity of it or something and I don't want to commit to something and then not follow through because I've definitely done that a lot in my life so I, I think I've just been intimidated to, to start putting the work out there because then there's this me and maybe it's just me putting this on myself but some kind of expectation of following through you know yeah because talking about those portraits I think you should do that because getting a homage because I have done toy photography for so long so sometimes not often but sometimes students contact me and tell that they have done this body of work in school around toy photography and they have used my images and Hmm. they talk about they contact me and they kind of shy and they tell that they have recreated one of my images and they really want to know if they can use my image in their work and so on and so forth and I and sometimes they want to do an interview and I always respond and I try to be so nice as I can and in the end I always say I'd love to see the work that you have done and to get a homage, <laughs> <laughs> it's such an honor. So, so you should actually post it and tell the the one you're inspired by, because that's a honor to get an homage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just got my first homage, I, the the first one that I can remember, honestly, on Instagram from a Lego photographer. I'm looking him up right now. Uh, Melvin underscore nine zero zero two. He recreated uh, one of the recent Lego photos I did of, of the cat costume minifigure in a barrel kind of fishing in, in a river and and he took two interpretations of that image and, and tagged me in them and it was it was such a cool feeling to know that I inspired somebody yeah. to to take one of my ideas and recreate it and it's you know it, it looks different than mine because it's in a different it's in his style instead of my style and it was really cool to see and you know he messaged me ahead of time on Instagram and asked like hey and he sent me like a behind the scenes photo of the setup and was like, hey, I was inspired by your shot. Is this OK? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why wouldn't it be OK? It was it was an honor to, to inspire somebody yeah. else to want to recreate that. So that and it was, you know, so perfectly timed with this podcast episode. So so <laughs> Melvin, thank you so much. It really it really meant a lot to me. Yeah. So, so you should shouldn't shy it away and you shouldn't let the dust fall upon it just post it and show your projects and the ongoing projects and they don't have to be that huge i know <laughs> now I, it's like your I mother said, I, talking <laughs> <laughs> like i said i i overstress about it or get into my own my own head about it and and overthink it and then i'm eventually just kind of paralyzed and and i'm like well i just won't post anything for a while that, that's probably why I, f- I don't finish most photo projects is i just i get I get intimidated to to keep them going. So oh, I I um, get that. I feel the but... <laughs> I feel the same. We can talk about that. <laughs> I kind of dwell around that and go to throw that rabbit hole, but that doesn't really give me <laughs> give, get any, you don't get anything out of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's don't shy away. Get it out there. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's you know something that will could definitely lead into another conversation is taking art that you never post it's you know just for yourself and it just exists on your own hard drive or in your own office or, or whatever and I definitely think there's validity to that you know creating art just for art's sake and just for yourself but it is it is funny that that it does kind of feel unfinished because I haven't posted it anywhere even if let's say I, I complete a project in my everything I want to do and I never posted it's still done I still did it it was still valuable to do but the fact that I haven't posted it anywhere makes it feel unfinished um and do do you feel the same way about doing that I have this huge project up on the attic and it's a portrait board project and um I have had almost 50 people in my home taking portraits of them oh wow yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I haven't I have posted I think five part of another podcast and I kind of feel because I really love this 
project and I think it's amazing but it isn't finished and I have decided that I'm going to do a book of, out of it so I'm mm. actually doing a book but in the time in between because all these people that I have inve- that has invested time in my project I kind of went in and printed the images so they got a copy of their own image so even though it isn't online I kind of actually made it finished by printing them and giving people mm. the work so they could see what it looks like even though it isn't online because I thought otherwise it will they will probably never see it <laughs> 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 but I'm kind of, but my products have I don't have the need to put them online I want to make them finished before I publish them on mm-hmm. the other hand, I don't have any need to publish them because I'm the solely viewer and mostly the the one who likes them. And <laughs> kind of, I, I feel I do the same. I kind of put them in the drawer and let them dust away. But this one, I'm really giving myself a hard time to actually finish. <laughs> so I've been sitting and writing today, <laughs> putting it together. <laughs> Well, it's cool that you're, you're still working on it. And part of another reason I never post is because I always think like, oh, I could make a coffee table book of this eventually or release them as a series or whatever. And so I don't want to release something until it's finished. And then I also don't want to finish something because I'm stressed about releasing it. And so it just becomes this vicious cycle that, that like I said, we can, uh, again, we're going into all these really interesting tangents that I'd love to discuss <laughs> in full episodes. Yeah, but we, we should talk about the, the theme. And we should. The, the contribution that the community has come with uh, yes. on this theme. It was, it, I think this was one of the hardest uh, themes we have had. I agree, <laughs> which, which is interesting because we both have had experience recreating images before. But but what, what was it about this, this go around that you found so difficult? It had so... It lacked in limitations altogether. Mm. I could <laughs> pick whatever I wanted. And I kind of went for what do I actually like? And I thought that was hard. It was hard to decide if I'm going for toy photography or if I'm going for photography or if I'm going for paintings because I'm kind of really inspired by paintings. I was kind of lost in in the search for what kind of limitations would I put up to do this challenge so that I, th- I thought that was hard well how about you what did you think was difficult with this one I, I felt the exact same way that just not having any limits really made it difficult to narrow down and, and select something that I felt was a worth recreating and then be worth bringing onto the podcast to discuss I didn't shoot for a couple of weeks I, I kind of kept it in the back of my head and, and wasn't sure what I was going to do until uh, I, f- I forget why I even decided on on today's image, but it, once yeah. it popped into my head, I just realized <laughs> like, oh yes, that's the one, you know. And um, so I was just kind of waiting for that inspiration to strike. And then once it did, I, f- I felt good about it. But but yeah, it was it was tough just putting those limits on myself or narrowing down the the scope, and which I think is something that we ran into a couple weeks uh, a couple months ago with one of our other themes. I don't remember which one. Maybe I the think, diptychs. Yeah, the diptych. We had the same difficulties with that one. We should have decided that we would recreate one artist's work, so so we could actually have something to compare. But that is difficult in another way because then we would have kind of felt oh will my image work as well as the others will they see that I have worked with this <laughs> well and then we did put a theme on our, our diptychs the second time and then that was difficult as well just because we were doing a similar theme twice so yeah. maybe it's just it's good that we're challenging ourselves so much that each theme we just think oh this one's so difficult this one's so <laughs> difficult so I, I think that's good. Thinking about that, I thought today's theme has to be easier. <laughs> uh, go ahead. We had some submissions and they were amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is from our friend Janin Lee, a.k.a. Spider Goes Huga. He sent this via email because he's taking a social media break or an Instagram break, which I think is, is a good idea. I've been wanting to do one of those myself. But yeah, he did this amazing recreation 
of the famous um, Creation of Man painting. Yeah, it, it's um, it's an amazing image. The Creation of uh, Man is when kind of I always thought, yeah, it's Adam and God. They kind of meet, almost meet one another's uh, index finger. And he has recreated that image. And I don't have the pop culture references at all. And I don't think you have to have the pop culture references to... You see, when you look at this image of this, uh, I think this is an amazing paraphrase. Uh, you can see that he has kind of used the background. You can almost see the 16th chapel in the background. And that's the the aspect that I really like the most in this image because the figures or the hands that are supposed to meet almost in the image they will meet in the next second they the shutter just <laughs> went close too quickly so they kind of they are in that background but they are not as well because they can't they aren't in the painting they are in the foreground so they are kind of in the chapel but chapel but they are kind of recreating the scene in the ceiling and i love that i i that's the way i see the image and i really love that way of uh, thinking of the image of these figures kind of standing on the ground or against the wall and actually recreating the scene that they see in the ceiling i i think it's so beautiful and the hand on the left hand side is kind of goldish with the it's kind of a droid hand with mosaic on the fingers. It's so beautiful. I don't know the figure and I can't say what it is for sort of toy. It could be whatever. It's kind of a meeting between an AI or a robot or a droid and human. But the human hand that comes from the right hand side the hand of God it becomes a meeting between the machine and the human and I really love that it's so well done yeah I, I completely agree and I, I love the mosaic details that you mentioned it really helps sell the the painting aspect of this and really ties it to those you know those religious connotations that are that are in the original image and and I just think it's so well done and to put on my pop culture hat real quick it yeah, is uh, do that uh, yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hand on the left is Iron Man, so that's why it's got the the red and gold medal. So by extension, I, I assume the the hand on the right is Tony Stark, though it doesn't necessarily have to be. And Janin actually, when he sent this along, he gave me a little caption. This is my contribution to this month's podcast theme based on the famous painting by Michelangelo, The Creation of Adam. There are probably a number of layers to look at this, although the message I hope to show is despite the technological advancement of humankind in the quest for knowledge and progress, there still remains that deeper desire to converse with others in the community and connect in flesh. So I, I just love that. I love that it, it does talk about the like man and machine and and as you mentioned, AI and, and man creating a machine and what does that mean and just all of those different layers to it. And then as Janin mentioned, just the despite technological advancements are are strived to to make those connections with people, which definitely makes me think of, you know, the current state of social media and society in general. And just it, it really makes me think that the more I look at this image. So just amazing, amazing work, Janin. Seriously, this is such a cool image and, and a really great paraphrase of, of such an iconic piece of work yeah and i love how the the arms kind of connect through the the pattern on the hand on the right hand side and the the patterns in the mosaic and the stripes on the arm on the uh, the robot hand on the left hand side so amazingly good and how it kind of cracks around the the human hand or the the godlike hand around that it's kind of cracking in the background so it's kind mm -hmm. of hard almost taking the force towards the wall cracking it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true yeah and and the way he's done the background too i like that it's it's very similar to the original image, but it's not yeah. the original background. I think it would have been easy to just lay these toys over the original and to do it that way. But I like that he went with a, a similar but different background that, that brings out different kinds of details and and shows a different story in the scene than, than the Sistine Chapel background yeah. does. Yeah, uh, uh, and so it's 
such a beautiful image and the colors really work together really well. So it's so well done. Yeah. So thank you so much, Janet, for, for sending this to us. Uh, such an amazing submission and, and exactly the kind of thing I, I like to see from, from a theme like this. Yeah. And to, to totally do a, a paraphrase and a, a recreation like this is, is really great. So, yeah. so yeah, great job. I, I didn't need to do an image after I've seen Janin's. Right. I thought, well, <laughs> I should just have him talk to you instead of, <laughs> instead of me Why being Why did I actually take part of this? <laughs> Why did I make a try? <laughs> And then uh, the other submission we got, Shelly wrote a whole great blog post. So you want to kind of talk about what, what she did and, and the images that she sent us? Yeah, Shelly made this um, recreation of David Leventhal's. He's an artist that uses toys to talk about societal issues or he uses toys in a different way because he uses them and, as an artist and kind of provocative talk about uh, prostitutions and uh, uses Barbie in, in a totally different setting than Mattel even would ever agree upon. <laughs> <laughs> but he has also done this amazing series uh, around the Second World War where he uses uh, uses toys or small plastic figures and put them in scenes like that looks like um, taking from the battlefields in in Europe or in Africa during the World War, the Second World War. It, they are kind of recreations of the, what you may have had seen in the historic books because they are kind of really vivid. And even though it is toys, you don't see that. You kind of see it as actual action photos of battle mm-hmm. and soldiers and and Shelley made a recreation of that of his work or one three of her she made three images or she posted three images that she had recreated from his his series and she has this amazing link to his webpage if you haven't looked at David uh, Leventhal's work I th- I really think you should do that. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with his work before this blog post, and and now I'm kicking myself for not being a fan of his sooner because it is just amazing, amazing work. As you mentioned, these these great World War II photos, but also he's got these really vivid, colorful photos as well that show these same kind of battlefields and and um, like the Revolutionary War and and stuff like that. Just really amazing, amazing work. And I think Shelley did a fantastic job recreating these. I know that she kind of left with uh, mixed feelings about it herself, and she talked about that in her post. But looking at these images, and especially Shelley's style is so like her her usual style is so different than what he's doing so I thought it was really amazing how she was able to transform what she was doing and and recreate his work while also putting her own spin on it or using kind of the the shallow depth of field and stuff like that that she is known for and applying that to his work and and it becomes a really cool marriage of the two where where you're getting the iconography of his work with the techniques of Shelley's work and and I just think they're really really cool images yeah they're really cool and I I love the way that she has worked with these plastic toys from that are kind of uh, militaristic in their setting and you can really see that they are pretending to be soldiers in the second world war and putting them in scenes where it looks like clouds like david's and you can see them the he he uses also he almost has a even uh smaller depth of field than (laughs) shelley Yeah, so, and, especially he's working on such a small scale. Yeah, and I love the way she has worked with the gray tones in the images because they are in black and white. I love the gray grayness in her work because Shelley usually uses a lot of colors. She puts figures in the in the woods uh, with a lot of greenery and on boats. So you can really vivid colors 
but here is there is none. The color is only gray scale, and it's a soft gray scale that really works with the the scenes that she's recreating. Yeah, it just it totally sells the effect for for me, and and definitely is just a transformative exercise. Just so so great so i I, i'll I'll include the link to shelly's post on this blog post for today's episode i definitely recommend people go not only look at shelly's images but but hear what her process was doing this and how she felt about the project and and all that stuff it was a really good post so um but yeah great job shelly and thank you so much for submitting these and tagging us to to talk about them yeah and i also want to say that just reading read Shelley's post and read the comments because she kind of talks about the process of looking at another photographer's work and what how that actually makes you appreciate details that you didn't really see when you just looked at it but when you look at it and try to recreate it you see different stuff and she kind of puts that on on, on the surface as well in the comments I, I actually recommend that you not only read and look at the images read through all of it yeah something you don't hear much on the internet these days is go down and look in the comment section (laughs) (laughs) but yes i I highly recommend doing that um i i love that people continued the conversation there and shelly expanded on on her thoughts um so yeah definitely people please go check out that post because it's it was it was an amazing blog post yeah so okay um and we also got a couple submissions from uh luke yeah, we we also say that Luke actually comment on the post from the last episode, and he said, "I won't be able to make it this this month." <laughs> and Luke does everything with us. I don't yeah. think he has missed any, and we love that Luke. <laughs> we yeah, think we really do. It's so yeah. fun to see. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun, and we are so you are so dedicated and. And he recreated, he made the the decision to recreate his own work. So, so I think you should include them in the blog post. And uh, I think that should be another challenge to recreate an image that you really love of your own, one of your own, because <laughs> I think that's a hard one. And, and Luke really tried the hard one with both his, both his images. And they are really sweet and nice. And I, uh, I, I like them, but I prefer the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's something that uh, maybe we should do this for next month's theme and just talking, you know, recreating your own image because there are so many things that go into, and, and I know we've talked about that before. Maybe we talked about it last time, but just it, it is really tough recreating that magic from the first time out or, yeah. or revamping your original yeah. ideas. And and I, I and I love that Luke tackled it. Like you said, he he kind of took the hard road this this time. Um, and if we weren't already forty five minutes into this conversation we could kind of dive into it but i will include his his post here and maybe we could uh, do that on our next episode kind of yeah. discuss those things um so luke thank you so much even though you were strapped for time and didn't think you'd submit something to also submit two new entries is is so great so so thank you for participating again this month um but yeah let's switch gears a little bit and talk about our images yeah. um <laughs> I'm really excited to dive into them. I almost forgot why we were here today because we've been talking about so many other things. We haven't talked about um, everything else except <laughs> our own work because yeah. we, we can pretend we <laughs> we didn't participate ourselves, did we? <laughs> yeah, because we have so much great stuff from the rest of the community. We, d- yeah. we don't even need to show our stuff. Um, <laughs> we, really, we just cut we to credits it, right yeah, here. We, we stop here. <laughs> I think I'll start with the, the Sam Shaw images, uh, image so so everybody knows what I see in the image and no I'll start with your images image because your image is an important one I'll talk about the other one uh, in a when I have talked about yours because your image has borrowed uh, the motive from or the setting from the other image but it isn't it is a recreation but it is a totally different and I love that I'll start there um what I see is a image in black and white portrait orientated it's kind of it isn't black black and black it's kind of gray in the scales and I think that's well done I like the way you have 
worked with a soft gray scale in the image. And in the center of the image is a figure, a plastic figure, a plastic toy. I see it as a woman because she has a, this dress, which is white, and she has it has long sleeves, and her uh, dress has kind of blown up over her knees, and she kind of uh, have one leg straight and the other is kind of bent in a female pose. You would I would say she's kind of embarrassed, or she holds her one of her arms in front of her mouth so you could read the the gesture that she's kind of embarrassed or kind of uh, she's aware of the viewer and that he, I'm looking at her and I'm looking at her legs and the skirt that's blowing up from uh, the ground or from the floor which is I would say the setting is it's a Star Wars uh, setting I I can't pretend that I don't see it, it as a Star Wars. <laughs> I would see it as a death, the Death Star or something like that. And on the ground, there is also kind of holes and it comes light from from the uh, underneath the figure. I really like that the it, it the setting of doing it in a starship. It's fun. <laughs> this <laughs> is humor. <laughs> <laughs> And the figure is Leia. So putting her in this situation of her skirt blowing up like the image we all have seen of Merle Monroe where her skirt is kind of blowing up and she kind of bends her legs and kind of look all these... We can see this beauty or the, the, the control beauty, the iconic beauty of... Marilyn Monroe in the the image that we have in the in the back head of our, our our memory. I have it on my computer next to yours, so I don't have it on my back head. I I kind of sit here and glance over to it, and I really love that you have played with that iconic view of a female, a female iconic. Marilyn Monroe in Leia has that same setting. They are both beautiful women that people always have been falling in love with and felt that oh I want to when I grow up I want to marry Mon marry Merle Monroe when I grow up I want to have Princess Leia so so it's such a humorous way to actually take that iconic image and put Leia in that setting the difficulty <laughs> with this image is that she is a toy and you have a, an ordinary human on the other image and so you, you can't get the the motion to work all the way and that is the hard part and I think you have tackled that in the way you can do with a plastic toy but when you compare the images you kind of fall back to that she kind of looks stiff compared to Merle Monroe that has both her leg bends and all as all the details kind of but if I don't have Merle Monroe beside the image I don't have to pretend it really works and I can see that you have borrowed the iconic photo and put Leia in it and it makes me smile and really think about how we look upon women and why we put them as symbols of sex and that Leia usually isn't used in that context and you kind of twists that and makes us talk about her role as a female rebellion in the Star Wars saga and what a hero is and her heroine is and is she sexy or not and all that I really think that's it's such a interesting image because it makes me think about other stuff and the iconic Merle Monroe image it makes me you kind of comment on other issues and I like that Thank you. That's um, as always. You're 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 like in my head, you know, with uh, with how you're interpreting this and and my um, my hopes for the image and how my intent, I guess, for the image. So so yeah, yeah, you nailed it. So thank you. I'm glad you <laughs> liked it. <laughs> 
yeah, to just talk about why I did this, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of struggled with picking a photo to take and I, I kind of was thinking of all these, you know, I think the way we kind of framed it last month was, um, you know, pick your favorite photo and, and recreate it. And that was really tough to figure out actually, like, cause I, it, it was hard to, to say like what my favorite photo is or, or could I even recreate my favorite photo? And so I, I went with a photo that I immediately would recognize and is something that actually we had this, we had several uh, Marilyn Monroe photos in my house growing up. Uh, my dad is a huge Marilyn Monroe fan and a, a huge fan of like classic Hollywood. Um, and so we had a lot of this iconography around my house growing up. And, and so this image has always been really burned into my brain, you know? And so um, I, as I was thinking of what to do, I was kind of looking at all my toys and figures and I saw my Leia figure in her white dress and I, and I, it just, I don't even know where it came from, but it just popped into my head fully formed and I was like oh that's it you know and so um once I had the idea it was really it was really just about trying to pose her right and 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 transfer the scene from a real life photo to toys and and that's part of why I was excited to try it was because as you mentioned the the toy is so limiting as far as the posing that you can do and how natural you can make it look and and especially compared to an actual human being it it definitely doesn't look like an, a real person it does look more stiff but I, I wanted to kind of play around with that and see you know could I recreate not somebody else's photograph or, or artwork or something but a photo like this that is more more of a candid photo um it's definitely it was definitely staged uh sam shaw was a, a a friend of marilyn monroe's and this was a publicity thing for her movie the seven year itch where um, in that movie she she's walking over a little a grate like this on the street and the subway passes by and, and blows her dress up and so they did this actually in new york they had her walking on the actual street and all these cameras started showing up and taking photos of her and and Sam Shaw was there as the movie's official still photographer which is like a dream job um, but mm -hmm. but he took this photo and so I, I wanted to to try to see if I could do something that was more of a candid human just like normal photo of a person and recreate that with toys and so that that was the toughest thing was was posing Leia and mm -hmm. making her dress flare up and I didn't use any wires on the dress or anything like that I just kind of folded it up and it took a while because I had to get it right and it kept falling down or some <laughs> the right side would look good and the left side wouldn't and trying to pose her hands was really difficult because at first I had them kind of outside of the dress, which made it look like she was pulling the dress up instead of trying to push it back down. And I was like, well, that's a, that's a totally different interpretation right there. So, so tr figuring out the posing and, and trying to, to recreate it, but also transfer it in a way where it would make sense with toys and, and, and especially with the hand over her mouth, I realized I had both hands on the dress. I had a hand behind her head. I, I tried all these different things. And because her face isn't as detailed as a regular human face, the detail kind of took away from the rest of the story. So that's why I put her hand in front of her mouth to kind of hide some of the details on her face and to, because I couldn't match the exact pose, put her hand over her mouth to make her a little more embarrassed or shy or even a little more playful and coy maybe because I wanted to as you mentioned play around with the the sex symbol aspect of everything so yeah and I think it's so fun that you did this with with the that you used this iconic image that I think everybody has seen oh, I'm sure yeah <laughs> I, I can't have missed it um or you're not part of western culture and um, because when you use that and you recreate it with a toy it isn't a paraphrase it becomes a totally new image that talks about something else yeah i wanted to play around with the the iconography of leia and and at first i was kind of nervous to take this because i you know, I, I didn't want to come across as objectifying her or anything like that. I really but wanted she to. She is objectified. <laughs> Everybody yeah. pretends she isn't, but she is. I can yeah, say exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, and that's how I kind of thought of it. You know, I especially, you know, when you think of, uh, especially how people have objectified Leia, you think of like that, that slave Leia outfit that she wears in yeah. Return of the Jedi. And, and I've always hated that. And so I wanted to play around with that sex symbol aspect and comment on that, but not do something that was that 
that extreme, you know, and so playing around with the more iconic white dress of hers and mixing it in with the Marilyn Monroe thing and, and creating the parallel between those two iconic women, um, I thought was, was interesting and worth exploring. So um, I'm really glad I did it and and that I wasn't too scared to, to be a little controversial or, or to push those boundaries. I think it's good that you do that and yet you actually look upon the the figures in a totally different context so I, I think it, I think it's amazing I would love to have her, her had her in high heels though <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have been great <laughs> I have a pink pair of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we've definitely seen those before um, yeah but but I like the the kind of white go-go boots she has you know it really makes me realize how much of uh, that like 60s and 70s influence was in the original Star Wars yeah. and especially the in the boots. costumes and stuff. Um, so, I love so, the boots. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't put the man in the background. In Marilyn Monroe, the image in the Marilyn Monroe setting, there is three men in the background, one with the camera. You didn't put any figures in the background why didn't you um i i thought about it and i considered i thought of maybe putting like han solo in the background a little surprised or something you know but um the the more i thought about it i wanted to keep it a little more simple and just play with the the important part of the image yeah which which brings me back to kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show which is you know recreating an image versus paraphrasing and I I feel like I could have leaned more into just remaking this image and trying to get all of those little background details the same and stuff but I liked the idea of transferring the idea of the image into a different setting and just taking the important pieces and reworking it a little bit so I've you know instead of having the her on the street it's her on the Death Star I you know put a grate down to to sell that that part of the image but the background is totally different and and so I, w- I just wanted to take the the important pieces and not distract from f- stuff going on in the background yeah I think that was a good choice thank you yeah I think so too I think it would have just just been distracting so I am excited to talk about yours because <laughs> as always I was I, I had a very visceral like wow kind of reaction but in, a, in such a different way than usual because your image is so different than other work I've seen of yours um, and I had never seen this original image before or the original artist you sent me a link to his work and I was I was kind of digging through that before we started recording. His name is Christer Strömholm. <laughs> He's a huge Swedish photographer. Yeah, so so like you I will I'll talk about your image first and then compare it to the original and you can fill in some of the details on this artist cuz I I'd never heard of him but god his work is so cool. So so your image ah wow it's just so visually striking. You have uh, it's in uh, landscape orientation, it's in black and white. And I love the opposite of my grayscale. Yours is really really harsh where you've got these really deep deep blacks and these really dark grays and even the whites are they stand out as white but they're they're a little more muted they're not super bright so i like that that it's it's definitely a uh it's got more contrast to it and a little more texture than than my image did which perfectly fits the style of the original but what i see is this really gritty uh, black and white image of a stormtrooper and he's laying down his feet are towards the top of the image and his head is at the bottom of the image and then his arms are outstretched and um, he's laying in in this dirt or gravel and uh, what I really like too is that the the dirt around him is really really dark and then it, it kind of lightens as it goes out but it really draws your eye into the image and so we've got this great image of a stormtrooper laying down in in what is very obviously like a, a Jesus pose you know on the, on the cross and and it looks like he's laying on some kind of board or something and he's he's got this like a loincloth or, or or skirt or something wrapped around his his waist and and I'm I'm saying him just because of the Jesus iconography but it, it could easily be a, a female stormtrooper as well and uh and yeah I, I'm not much of a religious person but just how how instantly iconic the the pose is and how striking this is was was really fascinating to look at and that how you're mixing the Star Wars uh, universe with with religion and and the iconography of that and 
and it immediately makes me think of, you know, all of the quasi-religious stuff happening in Star Wars with the Force and, and the light side and dark side. And uh, a stormtrooper, you know, is famously on the dark side. But we've got this this stormtrooper who's in this Jesus pose, which which brings up all these questions about about religion and belief and death because of of how obviously the crucifixion for Jesus went and, and all of that stuff. Uh, it just, it's just such a striking image and and so 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 well done. And you've done a really great job of recreating the original image. In the original one, it's it's pulled out a little bit more. It's a little more of a uh, bird's eye view than yours is yours is a little closer and and it's interesting because in in his image Jesus is uh, his skin looks almost black it's a, a very very dark gray and he's laying on white sand and, and a white board and so I like that in yours because the stormtrooper is white you've inverted that so the ground around him is black and it really makes him stand out so I like that you've you've taken a, the same pose and the same style and the same uh setting but you've you've inverted it which again looking at the two images turns it into kind of a diptych of light versus dark and and the duality there and and again the the things we see in religion and heaven and hell and and light side versus dark side it makes me think of all of those things so it's just such an amazing recreation and i'm really curious to hear your a reason for picking this image and, and more about this artist because I had never heard of him before, but uh, you said he's a, a super famous Swedish photographer? Yeah, he's probably the most famous uh, Swedish photographer we have. His mm. name is Christer Strömholm and um, he um, he lived in Paris um, during the 60s and he kind of took a lot of images of trans women uh, doing drag shows and people in the edge of society kind of bonded with them and made all these um, images of how they live and how they interact with one another and one of my favorite saying that he has said is that if all my images is um, self-portraits in one way all of them are portraits of me because hmm. and I kind of like that aesthetic it falls close to my own way of looking at photography yeah I think you've said the same thing on this podcast yeah. so I, I definitely that makes <laughs> sense to me <laughs> <laughs> so Christy Stormhormi is he's biggest Swedish uh, photographer I would say uh, close to our our own time he is the one everybody has to make a father's uproar to and actually compare one another with uh, he, he had, last year he it was 100 years and he was born so it it wasn't a oh. big uh, it wasn't something that really got any attention because Ingmar Bergman also <laughs> was born a hundred years oh. ago. So we had a, a lot of Ingmar Bergman, <laughs> not, not that much Christer Strömholm. Uh, but his work is, it's really, really, I love it because there is a lot of children, there is a lot of transvestites, there is a kind of, he has seen stuff and he kind of, wandered around in the in the streets of Paris and used his camera he really shows that photography is a way to see the past that were kind of almost just a second ago and now you can see it through the the camera and through the photography and in Swedish photography we have a really big tradition of doing stories about people and storytelling about people in the edges and following his steps is the tradition you ought to go in if you're in trying to be a Swedish photographer. So so why did you choose this Jesus images <laughs> uh, image out of all of his images? Yeah, I, I had actually chosen another one um, and I really had decided I would go for the the, there is an image of a, a doll, a, an arm of a doll that is um, kind of put on the wall or a, a brick of wood and the doll is uh, also in wood so it's kind of wore down and he has really done a close up and they have nailed it to the, the, the wood or the whatever it is 
put against. You can't really say. And I decided to go for his images because I knew he did. He did use toys in his photography. He did a lot of still work, still still lives with toys. So I thought mm. when I went to his homepage, I thought I'll find something that is with toys here. So I went for the doll and the arm and then I thought, no, I won't be able to find anything that is plastic, that works with a plastic toy. Hmm. Um, so then I found the Jesus figure and I thought, yes, this is <laughs> it. I have done <laughs> I have done my stormtrooper in almost every setting, but I haven't crucified him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not yet. That's anyway. why I was so shocked to see it. It's such a a visceral reaction is so, yeah, so I, shocking. Yeah, but because I have put him, I have done him as Ophelia, I have put him, I have drowned him, I have killed him, I, I've done everything with this figure. And then I found this image and I thought, oh, I want to do that pose. I want to try to do that pose. And my stormtrooper will work right in the alley of doing Jesus. and why haven't I thought about that before I saw this image so I actually fell for the idea of doing of crucifying him because that's that's right up my alley it's something that I ought to have done years ago (laughs) (laughs) but I haven't (laughs) so so that uh, I, I and I really love the uh, the the Strömholm Wilden because um, the contrasts between the darker figure and the white sand it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's uh, on the beach I think my I don't know whether I think it, the image is taken in Provence I think it's taken on the beach that the the crucified Jesus has come offshore with the the waves so mm. that, that's my way of looking at it. That it's uh, the the beach and the sand and around it. So, and then I went out to the sandbox where the children play, and <laughs> I sat down <laughs> and I decided I'll do my crucifixion here. And when I did it, I realized I, it doesn't have to be Jesus. It could be just a mass grave. <laughs> In the setting of any war that goes on in the Star Wars universe, that this uh, stormtrooper has landed, it just happens to be a crucified one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, crucifixion was a was a big uh, form of punishment, you know, back in the day too. Jesus yeah. wasn't the only one who was crucified, so it's it, it makes sense that other figures would would also, you know suffer the same fate and and i love too. i forgot to mention that the you know the usual way we see a crucifix is with the the figure standing upright yeah so that their head is at the top of the cross and their arms but i but i like that in your image and the original it's inverted so that the the figure is upside down which no pun intended but kind of flips the you know flips my head around on on what i would originally think of of this iconic pose and and it's cool that it still comes through, you know, obviously you can still tell what it is, but the fact that it is upside down makes you, makes you question it and makes you stop and think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And I, the thing I really liked with this challenge was uh, that I thought that I had all this death of field that Christus Strömholm has, that his image is full in full focus. Mm-hmm. When I got my on the computer, I realized, nah, I didn't make that. <laughs> <laughs> it became a Christina image anyway. <laughs> yeah, which was is great. You know, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. How you can you can recreate someone else's work, but put your own spin on yeah. it, not just with the subject matter, but the techniques as well. And and this is just so different than the other work I've seen from you, where you've got these bright beautiful colors and this bokeh background and and all that coming through and this is just such a a contrast to all of that which just makes it that much more striking and and interesting 
I, I really like it. <laughs> I was so <laughs> pleased. <laughs> yeah, you should be. <laughs> I was super pleased, and and I was doing it with one arm <laughs> in the in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, that that makes it even more impressive that you were able to do this uh, with only one arm uh, and, <laughs> and, I'm getting... and still do such a good job. And I can't see anything with my glasses <laughs> because um, to I have to have reading glasses, and I had only my ordinary glasses. This answer. I was trying to do it in live view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you did it blind and yeah. uh, broken armed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that just makes it even more impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just showing off now. <laughs> we should wrap this up because we have talked so long now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that uh, I I think this was another successful challenge. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think it was an amazingly successful challenge, but so difficult to do, really difficult to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, it really was. And uh, I like that, though, that each each uh, time we meet now, the themes are getting harder or maybe we're getting better and we're, we're thinking about them on a deeper level or trying to do better work. Um, I, I feel like, at least for me, I'm, I'm doing deeper, better work than I was doing when we started the pod- these podcast episodes. So it's it's really cool to see the trajectory of work through through all of these themes and and how we're now branching out and trying you know new forms of photography or new techniques or or new new visual styles and what we typically do so yeah. it, that's that's one reason I, I really like these themes is that it just continues to push us and, and make us grow as photographers I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> this this one actually pushed me <laughs> yeah. off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for for suggesting this theme and 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 doing these images, and thank you to all of the uh, listeners who submitted and and have listened to this episode and our theme episodes. These continue to be such a pleasure to work on, and and to see everybody joining in and participating, it has just as always been so great so uh thank you christina for helping make this theme a success and thank you to our listeners um thank you james yeah yeah (laughs) of course doing this with me yeah i I love doing it i look forward to our next one did you want to recreate our own images is is that what you want to do for yeah i think we should do that let's recreate one of our own images the one we actually think that we love the most (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's going to be tough because it's like, well, I, I think this image is great. I don't want to make it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be interesting. And someday we should recreate each other's work. Yeah, that's the theme for the, the episode for after the following that, isn't month. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me doing a James image. <laughs> yeah. And uh, people will have more time to do this one because uh, I will actually be taking May off of the podcast. Yeah. That, that'll be nice. I'm going to take a month off just to give myself a break and help catch up on podcast recordings and and start working on the next batch of episodes. So, so we'll have episodes throughout April, but uh, we'll, I'll be taking May off. But yeah, so I, I'll announce the, the date for people to submit their recreations. That's on good. the blog post for it this episode. It sounds good that we have a lot of time to do this. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it, it's good this time that we have a little extra time to, to do this because I think it's going to be a really challenging uh, challenge. So, um, yeah. But yeah. Maybe we should actually use that time to actually ha- give ourselves a month to post the image that we are supposed to recreate <laughs> so people can follow that as well <laughs> yeah true yeah if we haven't because uh, i'm sure that my favorite image is something that's not even online yet but yeah this is this was really fun and i look forward to the next one uh let's just use the same hashtag tp underscore recreation because that's easy and and we only got a couple uh on that one on instagram so yeah yeah use the good. hashtag tp underscore recreation if you want to join in and uh, we'll be back for another theme episode in a, in a month or two. So, Christina, thank you so much, as always, for, for doing this with me. This was such a fun exercise, and I, I love these doing it, doing Thanks. these episodes with you. I couldn't agree more. It was amazingly fun, and I love doing this with you. So thank you for doing it with me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. 
You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.